Our second message this afternoon is from Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, Deliverance. Barnabas. Good afternoon, everyone. Real pleasant afternoon. Kind of makes you want to be outside fishing. What is it? Oh, up higher, I say. Okay. My voice should go up higher, too. The book of Exodus is a book about deliverance. In it, we see how God sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel from their bondage in Egypt. And many of us, as we have been taught in the past and how we look at it today, Egypt is a type of sin. By comparison, we also see how Jesus Christ was sent uh, by God to deliver us from the bondage of sin. And so we see that Moses is a type of deliverer, a type of Christ. So this story in Exodus, we also see that how God chose Moses, how Moses was prepared according uh, to the promises that God had made to the children of Israel long before they were put in to captivity, or, or they became captives in Egypt. Throughout the history of the Exodus, we see how Israel went through various stages of becoming a nation, or of becoming a nation under God to be examples to all of the people that uh, they were around, to the world. And so by comparison, we can look at the life of a Christian as being called to be examples and to uh, praise God in all that he has done and blessed us with. So we see Moses as the leading character in this book of Exodus and won't go through the long story of that. I think as, uh, around this time of year we see a lot of programs on TV where the Passover is presented, where uh, the Bible is presented, and where it all began actually where our faith uh, comes from. In Exodus chapter 4 we see how Moses was not exactly sure of himself, but let's go to Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, starting with verse 1. Moses uh, answered, and this is after he heard the voice from the burning bush, which, you know, would be a very awesome miracle in our sight, and so it was in Moses's. But, and Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto you. And so the Eternal said unto him, What is that in your hand? And he said, Moses said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. I'll throw it to the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. You jump back at it. Who knows what the serpent was doing when he cast it onto the ground, and it turned into a snake. 
would, you know, take, uh, jumped away from it. Maybe it was uh, all of a sudden uh, striking at him. Use your imagination on that. And so the Lord said unto Moses, put forth your hand, take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. I would probably hesitate to catch a snake by the tail. I tried it once. Big old black snake going across the road, and as it was crawling into the weeds, half of its body, you know, those uh, king snakes, they grow pretty long, and uh, it was going into the uh, weeds by the roadside, and I thought, well, I'll just catch it by its tail, you know, and pull it back and hold it, you know. Well, I uh, grabbed it by its tail, and before you know it, it turned around and uh, struck at me. And it didn't take long for me to let go of it, and it went its way. So these are very fearsome sights that, we, that is being presented to Moses by the God of miracles. But <clears throat> on down in um, verse 4, told him to take it by his tail, and he caught it, became a rod in his hand. And verse 5, that they may believe that, they may believe that the Lord God of uh, their fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared unto you. And the Lord said furthermore, put on, uh, said, furthermore unto him, Put now your hand into your bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was as leprous as snow. And he said, Put your hand in your bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. So we see some very instant miracles that, that were happening. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe you, neither hearken to the voice of the uh, first sign, that they will believe the voice of the later sign, or the latter sign. So God was encouraging Moses by these signs that he shouldn't be afraid that the people won't believe him. But uh, it came to pass that if they will not believe also, these two signs, you know, the first one about the snakes and then the one about the, uh, the hand being returned to normal, neither, and neither hearken unto your voice, that you shall take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which you take out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. So we see a lot of things happening here. And Moses then said unto the Lord, um, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since you have spoken unto your servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the dumb or deaf or, or, or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go. And I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray you, by the hand of him whom you will send. And the anger, uh, you know, send it by another person. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he comes forth to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. And you shall speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. 
and he shall be your spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to you instead of a mouth, and you shall be to him instead of God. So Aaron was, Moses was commissioned to take the word and all these, uh, these miracles that he had seen as something that would give him proof that God was with him. But yet he wasn't wanting to speak directly. And so God uh, commissioned Aaron to do the talking for him. And you shall take this rod in your hand wherewith you shall do signs. Sometimes we have a token of things that are given in our life that remind us of perhaps maybe the love of someone. Perhaps like the ring on your finger reminds you of love. And this staff would remind, this rod would remind Moses of the miracles that God had done there in the wilderness in convincing him that God was with him. So Moses returned to Egypt after trying to come up with some, a few excuses because he had some doubts. But, you know, as we know in our lifetime, God works patiently with all of us. So Moses returned to Egypt and he took along uh, his uh, wife, children, his wife and sons. And he told his father-in-law where he was going and what he was going to do. And so the eternal God empowered Moses after, you know, some convincing. And see, we pick up in verse uh, 27 now where uh, he and Aaron go see the Pharaoh. Uh, verse 27. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their afflictions, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. So they went to the elders to pass on the message that God was going to deliver them and through many miracles that would be shown to them. Chapter 5, let's look at verse 1. And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. I don't know who this God you're talking about is. Why should I let you go? There's you know, a lot of work for you guys to be doing. And they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go, we pray you, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. So we see how worship of, uh, of God and doing this sacrifice and of keeping this feast was an important act of worship that they felt compelled into doing. After all, it was God who said to do this. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do you, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burdens? Go back. Go, go back to work. 
Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters masters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. So they had to go and look for the straw that comprised the material that made the bricks. And then they ha even had to make the bricks. Verse, uh, let's drop down to verse 9. Let their more work be laid upon the men that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. And, uh, and the taskmasters of the people went out, and their officers, and they spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go you, get you straw, where you can find it. Yet not aught of your work shall be, but none of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather uh, stubble instead of straw. So their, uh, their Pharaoh made the people's bondage more severe. So Moses must have had a feeling of being let down. Things just weren't going exactly as he probably thought it uh, would be going. In uh, verse 14, And the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and demanded, Wherefore have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as heretofore? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore de deal you thus with your servants? There is no straw given unto your servants. And they say to us, Make brick, and behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle. You are idle. Therefore you say, Let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. Go therefore now and work, for there shall no straw be given you, Yet shall you deliver in the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case. After it was said, you shall not minish aught from your bricks of your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our Savior to be abhorred, in the eyes of Pharaoh. <clears throat> and in the eyes of his servants. To put a sword in their hand. To slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said. Lord wherefore. Have you so evil entreated this people. Why is it that you have sent me. For since I came to Pharaoh. To speak in your name. He has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered. Your people at all. So Moses, you can imagine the letdown he must have felt. Now in chapter 6, verse 1, the Lord said unto Moses, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shall you see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of this land. And God spoke unto Moses and said unto him, I am the, the Lord, or the Eternal I am the eternal, he said to Moses, giving him assurance of his constant presence. 
that he is working out a purpose. Verse 3, And I appeared unto Abraham and Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And let's drop down to verse 7. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse 10. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, whom of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spoke unto Moses, unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel, and unto, and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. In verse 11, I think it's verse 11 here. We see where the, where the magicians were called. And when Moses laid down the rod that turned into a snake, that the magicians also brought their uh, rods, laid them down, and there were many stakes, but the one that Moses laid down devoured the rest, showing the power uh, that God had. So, you know, the demon world, is that chapter, did I not say chapter 7? Yeah, <clears throat> chapter 7, verse 11. So Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. So the, uh, the demon world can only do as much as God allows. Or, you know, God could turn those uh, snakes into snakes also. But we see that there are a lot of uh, supernatural occurrences happening here. won't go through all of these uh, miracles that were shown in leading the people out of, his, out of Egypt. Let's drop down to verse 19 then. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying to Aaron, Take your rod, stretch, it, uh, stretch out your hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. So there was, uh, the waters were turned to blood and the fish that were in them died and they decayed and the land began to, to stink. Uh, let's go to chapter 8. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, once again, go unto Pharaoh, say to him, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go, that they may serve me. Kind of telling Pharaoh that, hey, you see this miracle that has happened? This thing that has happened to your water, your fresh water, that you can't drink it? But, and if you refuse, in verse 2, to let them go, behold, I will smite all your borders with frogs. 
And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, and into your bedchambers, and upon your bed, and into the house of your servants, and upon your people, and into your ovens, and into your kneading troughs. A bunch of frogs. You've got to imagine how comical in a way that might be. But a bunch of frogs in your bed, wherever you walk. If anyone's ever stepped on a frog, you know how that feels. I did uh, last week. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like uh, fruit. You know, somebody had dropped on the driveway, and I stepped on it. And then I realized, I said, that, I kicked it away. And I, I think that might have been a frog. But at least I was just one frog. Can you imagine it being everywhere? You go to, lay down in your bed, and there's a frog crawling up your leg or something all over the place and the frogs shall come up both on you and upon your people and upon all your servants so everybody complains there's frogs everywhere and you know you don't have to listen to their complaints because it's happening to you so we see the waters were turned to blood and the frogs were uh, turned loose and in verse uh, 14 I'll make it verse 17. And they did so for Aaron stretched out his hand. This is a, the next plague. With his rod and smote the dust of the earth. And it became lice in man and in beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. All the dust of the land became lice. Uh, Verse 18, and the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice. So the uh, Egyptians were, uh, magicians were going to do the same thing, but they could not because there were lice upon man and upon beasts. I mean, there is just so much lice there, they just could, didn't want to add to the problem that already existed. There was enough lice. Verse 21, we see where there were swarms of flies that were set loose upon them. And in verse 24, And the Lord did so, and there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh, and into his servants' houses, and unto all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. Pesquio flies. And you can see how this would make for a big scientific, a science fiction movie. But it's not science fiction. This is the truth, the word of God. And so we find Pharaoh pleading for respite. He wanted all of these things to go, and he'd, uh, he'd, he agrees to let the people go. So the flies went away, they departed, uh, but Pharaoh went back on his word. In verse uh, 23, verse, uh, sorry, verse 32 had that turned around there. Verse 32, and Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. Chapter 9, verse 3. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon your cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, the asses, the camels, the oxen, and upon sheep, and there shall be a very grievous moraine. This word literally means death. And during the, the plague, all illnesses were just 
put under that umbrella term of death, under one heading, since moraine means death. And this grievous moraine fell upon this, the cattle, except on the cattle that belonged to the children of Israel. The word pestilence is mentioned 47 times in 46 verses and is translated moraine. So you might be reminded of Matthew 24, 7, where it says uh, famine and pestilence, uh, death from all sorts of diseases, of afflictions. Verse uh, 9 in chapter 9, boils. Verse 15, uh, pestilence. Uh, the people this time. And verse 18, hail. Hail hurts, you know. You've been out in it before, perhaps. Running for cover. Bouncing all around you. It can be very damaging, and it was. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail such as has not been in Egypt since the foundation thereof, even until now. Send therefore now and gather your cattle and all that you have in the fields. For upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die. And he that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses. But he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field and whatever happened you know, to all them as they stayed out there. So we see in verses 19 to 20 that there was godly fear that began to set in among the people as he witnessed one by one all of these miracles that were happening in Egypt. And from this story, we begin to see deliverance taking shape taking shape over time and according to the promises and to the evidence that God had a purpose and was working it out. Let me go back to verse 16. Now let's just go to chapter 10 now, verse uh, 5. Chapter 10, verse 5. I need to read verse 3. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will ye refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if ye refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow will I bring the locusts into your coast. And they shall cover the face of the earth, that one cannot be able to see the earth. And, the, and they shall eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remains unto you from the hell, and shall eat every tree which grows for you out of the field. So the, the, this plague of locusts was going to be so thick they couldn't see past them. They couldn't see all of these things that they were used to seeing without these things obstructing their view. But we see this plague of locusts that came upon these people. In verse uh, 21, 
But the Verse 20, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. Thick darkness which may be felt. Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. And they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And so Pharaoh called Moses, and he said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed, lest your little ones also, let your little ones also go out with you. And Moses said, You must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord. Our cattle also shall go with us. Not one shall, there shall not one a hoof be left behind. There, for thereof must we take to serve the Lord our, uh, our God. So we see these plagues coming upon the people. Uh, let's go to chapter uh, 11. Verse 4, Moses said, this is uh, concerning the death of, of the firstborn, Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sits upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the ma maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast, that you may now know, that you may know how that the Lord does put a difference between the Egyptians and, the, and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get you out. And all the people that follow you, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. Chapter 12. The Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And so we know that this lamb came to represent Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, for their salvation, for their deliverance. And verses 5 through uh, 6 tell how it was to be, what it was to be like and uh, how long it was to be kept and that it was to be killed in the evening there in verse uh, 6. In verse 7, they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. They shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. And it was not to be eaten raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, everything about it. And nothing of it shall, uh, was to remain until the morning. And that which remains of it was to be uh, burned with fire. Thus shall you eat it, however, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. 
It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I spite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. <clears throat> and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And so verses 21 through 27 we see where Pharaoh lets, finally lets the people go. And in verse 36. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required and they spoiled the Egyptians. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And a mixed multitude went with them and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait or tarry. Neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. A long time in waiting for, uh, looking for the promised deliverance. And so it came to pass in verse 41 at the end of that time, even the selfsame day it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. And it was a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of of Egypt. So they were delivered. But as they went into the wilderness along the way, uh, there were, they, they came across a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of ups and downs that made some of them want to go back to Egypt. And there were periods of rebellion. But there was also discipline meted out by God in order to show them the right way to go. And some of it was uh, pretty harsh. In our life today, sometimes, you know, when we're led out of our spiritual, con uh, weakened spiritual condition or our condition of sin, that sometimes there's that temptation to want to go back into it. But we can't. And God is there to correct us. Nevertheless, some of, uh, of these people did depart leaving God behind. But this uh, pilgrimage that Israel took after being delivered out of Egypt uh, is similar to our Christian life. As, once as mentioned, Egypt is a type of sin, or bondage to sin. Uh, Moses is a type of Christ. And there are some comparisons that we can look at here. Let me find my place here. Way over here. I started to write these down in, uh, in my notebook, but I thought, well, it's already in, printed here in the book at the back. So I'll just turn to that. It won't take very long. <laughs> there it is. Or is it? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, Moses. Uh, it was a parallel between Moses and Christ. Both were preserved in childhood. Both contended with masters of evil. Both fasted 40 days. 
Both control the water, the sea. Both fed a multitude. Both had radiant faces. Both endured murmurings. Both were discredited in the home. Both made intercessory prayers. Both spoke oracles. Both had 70 helpers. Both established memorials. Both reappeared after death. So we see the comp comparison how Moses was sent to deliver the children of God, the children of Israel, as a type of Christ. And the Passover lamb also was a symbol or a type of Christ. But Pharaoh had anger and he pursued the, uh, the Israelites and the Red Sea was parted. It was a hindrance that was there. It's like they came to a stopping point where they couldn't cross. What were they going to do? But God opened the sea for, the, for them to go across. Let's go to Exodus back again. Exodus 14. Almost through with these scriptures here. Exodus 14, uh, verse 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left hand. And the Egyptians pursued. No, I want to go back to verse uh, four, uh, 14 before I forget to read this. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore cry you unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. So go forward. God's divine presence was with them. It was with them as a light, just as the word of God is a light un unto us today. In Psalm 27 and verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So he is our strength in our time of trouble. And in our time when we come before this, uh, this hindrance or this, this sea that we feel that we cannot cross. Isaiah 25, 9. It shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. Uh, we have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So deliverance is through Christ only. And the words and his promises are here in the book that we read from his prophets and from the disciples that have, that have written Christ, we know, is the door to our salvation. He's our deliverer. That he became our lamb. Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time unto salvation. That's the great saving deliverance that we, that we wait for. 
Christ was sent to deliver us. And the Passover season that is approaching is to remind us of our deliverer and our deliverance and the coming deliverance of, of all those things that are, are weighting man down with bondage of sin, of guilt, of shame. And so as we read and as we remember of why and how we can be set free of the bondage of sin. And that is by looking to the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our Deliverer.